0: So Brent Cunningham, who normally leads the Wednesday night community service, is that what we call it? Wednesday night community, Um, is sick. I don't know if I was supposed to tell you that. (laughs) Brent couldn't be with us tonight. Something came up. No, people get sick. It's just when you say sick now, it's like, what? But he has a cold, as far as I know. And it's remarkable that I am pinch-hitting for him this evening because Brent doesn't even like me. I don't know if you know that, but it's well known. No, (laughs) he loves me, and uh, I him. My name is Darren Fred, and I've been a part of this church for a long time. And I pastor with Chris Hess and the staff over at our location on, on Mason Street at Everyday Joe's Coffee House, Timberland Old Town Church. On the, side of our, on the north side of the building where we do the work that we do is a mural. It's a painting. A few of you may have seen it. And the painting is inspired by a, an ancient poem by the prophet Isaiah. I'll bet you've heard of this. The wolf will dwell with the lamb. Have you heard of that? So, through the through the communication and the imagery of poetry, Isaiah puts forth this absurd idea that people who that creatures who were once adversarial and and did harm to one another would would dwell together, and why would they dwell together? And the answer to that question is at the beginning of the, early in the poem, when he says, out of the stump of Jesse will sprout a leaf, a branch. And he's talking about Jesse, King David's grandson. Furthermore, he's imagining the descendant Whether he knew it or not, imagining the descendant of David, our Lord Jesus Christ, who was by blood the descendant of King David. And so the reason that these creatures can dwell together and not devour each other is because they found something that transcends their differences. Something powerful enough and beautiful enough. Compelling enough. That. They no longer are concerned with their differences. And that is the dream of heaven, I believe. And that is the dream of the poet. And that is the dream of everyday Joes. And it happens every day in that coffee house that people that would not otherwise be together are together and the presence of Christ is there. For he dwells in our midst wherever two or three gather together. So that's a little bit about what we do and why we do it. Go by and check out the mural sometime and just pray for, pray for that. Pray that we, that 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 would happen and that we all could be a part of that happening. Christian Picciolini, Christian Picciolini was born almost 50 years ago in Blue Island, Illinois. He, when he his his parents were pretty occupied with work and he got into into things you know like boys do like kids do one day he was standing outside lighting a marijuana cigarette a joint a doobie i don't know what else you call them but and a man walks up to him and snatches the joint the, the marijuana cigarette out of his mouth and throws it on the ground and says You don't need that stuff. You don't need that junk. And that man's name was Clark Martell. Martell was the founder of the Chicago area skinheads, a hate group. But he, he showed an interest in Christian Piccio, Picciolini. And so Picciolini went with him and found a place of belonging and became a neo-Nazi. A couple years later, uh, Martel went to prison and Christian Piccionelli became the the leader of of this group of skinheads, this hate group, when he was 16 years old. And he went on to recruit and spread hate for more than 10 years. He, he started a, a record shop in Chicago called Chaos Records, where he primarily sold what was called white power music. I didn't know there was such a thing as white power music. One day, a black man started coming into this, this record shop owned by this white supremacist, skinhead, leader of a hate group. And he would go and, and he would go to the white power section. And he would buy all the white power records. Like, just kept doing this, coming back. And over time, by and by, He earned the trust of Christian Picciolini and uh, he said, much like Martel said, you don't need this. And he rescued him from this life of hate. And for more than 30 years, Christian Picciolini has been doing the same. This man, this black man, chose not to uh, disqualify another person because of this belief it's a, it's a remarkable story it's almost unbelievable but I, I i i listened to a friend of picciolini's be interviewed and and she told the story and what she said was that uh People go where the love is. That's how Pichu and Neely ended up with the skinheads. And that's how he ended up out of it and into a life of healing and redemption. I want to talk about peace with the other. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That is is our, our calling as followers of Christ. People go where the love is. Saint Anthony is known as the father of all monks. Listen to a saying he uttered more than 16 centuries ago. This is what Saint Anthony said. A time is coming when men will go mad. And when they see someone who is not mad, they will attack him, saying, You are mad. You are not like us. When the world has lost its mind, its way, encounters another narrative that does not bow to the outsized, dumbed down, easy on the ears, us, them narratives of the day. All sides will agree, we do not like this, pick a side or hit the highway. Today is Inauguration Day in the United States of America. So we pray, we pray for our leaders. We pray for our new president. We pray for the healing of everybody that was involved, whether it was the population, the former president, the current president, people have been wounded, everybody's been wounded, and everybody, almost everybody has done some wounding. It's not news to you that these are complex times, confusing times, divisive times. There are profound issues insisting on our attention and action. We are being held in a vice of reckoning we are an extraordinary nation, and we have sinned. We are and have been people who have liberated and healed and given tangibly all over the world until we've, it's hurt our own economy. And we have at times neglected the vulnerable among us, the mentally ill among us, the incarcerated among us, the most vulnerable, wittingly and unwittingly. But when you're vulnerable and you suffer because of things, you don't care whether it's on purpose or not. And Christians, 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 I defy anyone to find a movement that has given more money, time, attention, sweat, and blood to all kinds of people in all kinds of places in the world than Christians have given. I'm proud of our movement, of our faith. It's why I'm in it. It's why I did missions. But now, 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 people who identify as Christians are what? What are our values? Depends who you ask. Imagine a person who knew nothing about the beliefs or deepest values of Christianity was assigned this task. Study and discover what it means to be a true Christian, and you must limit your study to the social media accounts and activity of those who identify themselves as Christians. I know that's not fair, but it's just a thought experiment. Then report back as simply and clearly as you are able the answer to this question. What are the most important beliefs and values of a true Christian? this would be a messy task. And what would be discovered on Facebook, on Twitter? If the person who was doing the research were wise and could see beyond just the first level of things, insightful, what would be discovered is love. Are you surprised I said that? Did you think I was going somewhere else? Well, not exactly love, but the quest for for love. And in the quest for love, what we are looking for is what Christian Picciolini was looking for. Belonging. I was reminded of this by the famous vegetarian Sarah Silverman. Well, she's also a stand-up comedian. But it's her commitment to not eating meat that really inspires me. I watched part of an interview. She was reflecting on what's called a cancel culture. When someone says the wrong thing. When a celebrity's or politician's old tweet surfaces or a long buried photograph. When someone messes up or someone just is honest, admits what they think or that they did this once. Particularly famous people, but also with us normal people. When it is discovered we didn't or don't stay completely on message with whoever's agenda, with the party line, what happens? Distance, ghosting, shame. We drive them out. We say, you are not like us. Go away. You don't belong anymore. And where will they go? Silverman asks You see it all the time Someone makes The group or the tribe that they are in Angry And the other tribe Is more than happy To welcome them With open arms Come on in You can be with us And it's a win for that side Look One of them came over We are vulnerable, lo and behold, our deepest value is love. And the quest for love is belonging. We go toward the love. We almost always go toward the love. And that's good. And it's also what makes us vulnerable to not tell the truth because... I don't want to lose this love. I'm afraid. How do we get to love? How did we get here, so polarized, so us and them? Well, at least partly because we all want to belong. And where will we find and help create spaces of authentic belonging, not easy belonging? not phony belonging, authentic belonging, where you and I can tell our truth. Just trying to work things. I think people are trying, you know, but we don't all have a safe space where we can work it out and still be loved. But I have a good friend. He passed away, but he said, To us, you know, what I've found with most people is that if you tell them your truth, they'll love you. So what do we do to make peace with the other, to seek peace with the other? First off, let us return to St. Anthony. He also said, I saw the snares that the enemy spreads out over the world, and I said groaning, Who can get through from such snares? Then I heard a voice saying to me, Humility. Your attitude should be the same as Christ, who did not consider power something to be grasped, but lowered himself and became like us. He humbled himself. Humility. Would you join me in this declaration? I am not right about everything. Would you say that with me? I am not right about everything. Well, a few of you are apparently right about everything. If this is true, and it is, then I may further declare I am wrong about some things. Specifically, We are not right about all our quick, lazy litmus tests. For example, not everyone who has a United States flag on their house is a Republican. Laughter. Not everyone who drives a Prius is a Democrat. More laughter. Here comes the big laugh. Not everyone who has three cats is a weirdo. And we could go on, not everyone who is homeless did something to get themselves there. Not everyone who is jobless just isn't trying hard enough. Not everyone who's been in prison deserved it. And on and on and on. These are what we call, what are called shibboleths. Shibboleths. What is a shibboleth, class? Anyone? Well, a shibboleth is a shortcut. It's, a, it's when I look at you and I see your tattoo or I see your, your uh, coat and tie or I see your mask on or your mask off and then I make conclusions about you and I write a whole profile of you. These are shibboleths. They're shortcuts to say, I know you because I know this. One does not equal the whole, but we do it. It's, <clears throat> so where does it come from? Well, once there was a, a great warrior in Israel named Japheth. He was part of a tribe that was looked down on by other tribes. All the tribes knew what was God's way, what was right. In God's will, and they pretty much all agreed that Japheth's tribe, the Gileadites, did not belong. They were not like us. They were ethnically wrong. They were marginalized. To make matters worse, Japheth himself was an illegitimate child. His dad went out of bounds, got a trafficked woman pregnant, and so Japheth was out times two. How do you think it would be feel to be out times two? Wrong tribe, wrong mom. His, and his own family said to him, you are not like us. Like, we're bad, but you're way bad. Go away. And he did. And, he, and by and by, he became a fighting machine. He became a warrior. And when Gilead the tribe of his origin, got in military trouble and they needed a warrior. They asked Japheth, come and save us. And he did. And he was a hero and everyone was happy and there was peace in the land. But over time, within their own land, the people became polarized about important matters. And there were grievances, and some of the people felt left out. The leadership is—they don't—they don't consider us. The policies were—they're marginaling us, marginalizing us, and and so there, this culture war reached a boiling point. And there was a civil war, which is a word we are hearing invoked in our own country right now. And the Gileadites and the Ephraimites, who worshiped the same God, turned on each other. Brother against brother. And there was an election, I mean, there was a war. And the Republic, I mean, the Gileadites won I can't get it out of my head. The Gileadites won the war against their own brothers, the Ephraimites. And the text says, and the Gileadites captured the river crossings of the Jordan against the Ephraimites. And when any one of the fugitives of Ephraim said, let me go over, the men of Gilead said to him, are you an Ephraimite? When he said no, they said to him, then say, Shibboleth. And he said, Sibboleth. Shibboleth. Sibboleth. For he could not pronounce it right. He had an accent. Then they seized him and slaughtered him at the fords of the Jordan. At that time, 42,000 of the Ephraimites fell. Jephthah judged Israel six years Then Jephthah the Gileadite died and was buried in his city in Gilead. A shibboleth was an ear of grain. They probably held it in their hand and asked, what is that? And if they said it wrong, or wrong to them anyway, they executed them. So we have this metaphor now, shibboleth a quick and easy way to profile someone, to to decide whether they're with us or against us. This is what what I do. I do it all the time. And I, all the time, or most of the time, I say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm doing it again. Forgive me. And I surrender, but... (laughs) And, you know, biologically, it's useful to be able to make quick judgments. I understand that, but that's not what we're talking about here. But we do this. Oh, they listen to that podcast? Oh, they read that author? They watch that channel? They get their news where? (laughs) They posted what? They don't shop there. if they were a real Christian, a true American, if they read the Bible, we find out one thing about someone and then we know everything, just like at the river crossing. It's just like hearing the accent. We know who you are just by asking one question, one look at you. We see the sticker on the window of the business which tells us all we want to know. We're skipping right to the end of a story. We've got all worked out in our head. That sticker equals, that post equals, that phrase means, Oh, it's so efficient, and that's why it's so insidious. Even masks became shibboleths. We know so much about each other so fast, but all we really want is to belong somewhere. That's how and why people often end up where they end up. We never get past the accent, or the branding, or the honest answer to one question. If I dare to tell my truth, will you still love me? Will you let me stay? Oh, how we really need to see each other, really need to listen to each other. And uh, just a confession for me is, uh, I've been in Christianity all my life. and. Uh, I'm grateful for it. And, you know, we all kind of have built within us certain tendencies and values. And since I was a little kid, one of my core values has been inclusion. And I know to some inclusion is is a dirty word because, because of how uh, sometimes it doesn't happen organically, but things are forced upon us. And we're it doesn't happen from a place of love in Christ, but from mandates. And, but I, at my heart, and I think at the heart of Christ, that's, I'm, I'm not saying I'm like Christ. I'm saying, I think it is one of the values of the gospel and of the kingdom of God. The beautiful work of Christ is all are welcome. And so if I'm going to err on a side, it's going to be probably conclusion. And I know that sometimes, uh, Sometimes that can become a problem for me, because we also need wisdom and and courage to speak up when things go because things go too far, don't they on the left on the right but uh so that's what I have to surrender to God, and I don't know what you have to surrender to God in this in this journey but but oh how we need to really listen to each other and really see each other so that like like this man who went into this record shop owned by a by a, a racist and and bought the white power records and made these sacrifices and put himself out there but but We go toward love. Let's just always remember that. We go toward love. So we find ourselves sometimes settling for a thin belonging. So what if we just stop falling for it? What if we start with humility as Christ did? Most of the the time, I don't believe people really have evil intent Most of the time, I think people are looking for belonging and love. And the quest for love begins there. What if we stopped with our shibboleths? Maybe it won't make a hill of beans difference with some people. Maybe some people will tell us we're getting soft, that we don't have convictions. But at least we can try to put that away a little bit and get a little more real with ourselves and other people, a little more humble. Truly curious about where people come from and why they're there. And maybe we can help someone find their way home to themselves and love and to Christ. Blessed are the peacemakers, they will be called the children of God. Amen. Lord, is the musician's return to the stage. Oh, Father, we have gathered in Christ's name, all from different places. May we have grace for each other's stories. Forgive me for anything that was misrepresentative of your heart. And please, Holy Spirit, plant deeply within us that which you are calling us to, Do not let it go from our minds because of your love. Amen. We're going to uh, we're going to share in communion, as is our practice. And what a privilege to return to this sacred mystery that we can participate in, to remember Christ, to put ourselves back together with Christ as a body and with one another. Uh, If you are a follower of Christ and you want to participate, there are a few tables uh, in the back of the room, make your way there and in the front. Uh, If you're not a follower of Christ, you could choose to begin to follow Christ even now. And it could begin with this act of coming to this table and remembering Christ's love and sacrificial death and his resurrection. So you may go to the tables during this song. Please hold on to that and we'll all participate together in a moment. We thank you, Christ, for your, your body, your blood, your life. We thank you that the work you did is done and that we are invited to bear the fruit of that work. No matter how we feel about ourselves, we are whole in you. We are loved and we belong. On the night that Christ spent with his disciples before the crucifixion, in that room at that table he took the bread and he broke it and he looked at them with love and said this is my body broken for you take it and eat after this he took the cup and held it up said this blood is the new covenant this is my blood shed for you drink ye all of it you are whole you are beloved you belong amen